say that there was a Forbes article written about you and the way that you've built and scaled your business in five years, and it was based around what you'd given back to your industry, what would you want to be written about you in that article? What is wrong with the healthcare system right now? Let's just get right into it. That's a great question. Uh, one that doesn't get answered enough, uh, truthfully. So from my perspective, uh, healthcare is more like sick care, to be honest with you. So the healthcare system has only yet to learn how to really monetize based off of injured and sick people, right? So they know how to make money off of hey, when you're injured, we can take care of you. It's not really going to be the best process ever, but we've learned how to make money doing that. Whereas the unfortunate thing is, especially as a physical therapist, uh, majority of things that they make money for can be prevented. So it's hard because they don't know how, they, they have yet to learn how to monetize preventative care, right? So in that case, they're going to go, well, then why are we going to educate individuals on how to take care of themselves, how to eat healthy, how to perform properly, how to get regularly checked, things of that nature, if they've yet to learn how to monetize off that. So that what's wrong with the healthcare system is that since it's ultimately a business and they make the most money based off back surgeries, hip surgeries, uh, pharmaceutical companies, you know, uh, knee replacements, then they're going to go, well, then why are we going to, we do, we have yet to learn how to monetize preventative care. Why would we, uh, you know, start doing that. So it's almost to their benefit if people are already injured or sick. Exactly. And it's a vicious, it's a vicious cycle. So it's the best way I can put it is we know, or we know we should go get our eyes checked once a year, right? We know we should go get our teeth checked, right? Our mouth clean two times a year or one time a year, right? How come, like, let's ask ourselves, why aren't we getting our head to toe checked from a mobility strength balance and functional movement assessment at least twice a year, right? And the, the answer to that question is truthfully because they make the most money off of you not taking care of your body. And there's not really an incentive for education around that, I guess. No, no. And that's where the frustration for someone who's in the PT field, like, like myself as a physical therapist, we should be the, you know, the leaders of um, preventative care. Right. We should be the leaders in, in teaching people, hey, these are the, fun to move, the fundamental movements of, of what we need to do to have quality in life and maximize performance. Uh, come in, do a X, Y, Z check and and let's see if something is maybe at a maybe something is green and you're good. You have a green. You're good. Right. Yellow flag. Hey, maybe you need to start checking on a few of these and then red flag. Let's take care of this so it doesn't get worse. And that's really what it should be. But it's not. So. What, what kind of things are you hoping to see over the next couple of years to move that in the opposite direction? What can be done, if anything, about that? Man, I'm pretty sure you can ask any physical therapist or, or especially people who have been in the, in, the, in the business for a while and even, even, new, even new physical therapists coming out. We have, we have, we have horrible, work, like horrible business people. Like, it is a horrible business model. Is that because you spend so long, like, just learning how to actually be a doctor and like know prescribe and like and actually attack these issues and understand it that you don't really learn the business behind it. It's not necessarily emphasized in the learning that goes into being one. Yeah, I think uh, it, it has to do with the fact that uh, when you I guess when you are at the level of, of you know when you've gotten your doctorate, you're really good at math and science, right? You're not really good at business and marketing. 
the issue is there's also some sort of taboo um i you know feeling that comes around being like i'm good at business and marketing and sales the issue with that is that that's wrong you shouldn't if you're doing the right thing for the right cause then marketing and sales should be fun because mm -hmm. you're actually at the end of the day you're the more you get it out there and the more you you have people do your service then the more help you're doing for people yeah right so it's almost they they so physical therapists specifically since I'm in the field I I would say they're limited in going like if you ask a random person on the street and say what do physical therapists do they'd be like oh when you're injured you go you go re, you go you know rehab right it's true that's literally like waiting until your car is on the side of the road before getting it checked mm -hmm. right we're movement specialists and performance specialists right so that means that you truthfully should go to a physical therapist before that's why we're doctors we're specialists in musculoskeletal you know which you know like we talked about before you know muscles joints ligaments tendons all that and movements so if you get checked before and periodically you avoid the the injuries low back is the number one reason why people are call out of work that is the most one of the most preventative things you can do is treat your low back. But you ask anyone, they're like, "Oh, I'm screwed. My low back hurts. There's nothing I can do about it." Absolutely incorrect. This is a really good segue because we had kind of talked about off air, like some of these preventative things. Mm -hmm. A big thing for you was the lower back that we talked about before. That yes. was like a major injury that really got you into the space. What are the top five like most prevailing ailments or issues that you see that people could be working on? preventing in their day-to-day -day work life for mm -hmm. working professionals and how do people attack that? So the, I would say the common things that I see is low back pain, right? Um, low back pain, I also see cervical radiculopathy, which is a fancy way of saying neck pain, right? And and how it, sometimes we have, you know, numbness and tingling down our arms or, or we just have like this, like, oh, my neck kind of bothers me, have this like kind of stiff or whatever, so neck pain. Um, headaches, of course, which is associated with, with neck pain. Um, uh, knee pain is a big one and the knee I always say is majority of the time it's the it's the victim not the suspect right so a lot of knee pains happen because of either ankle issues or hip issues hmm. yeah and the knee is kind of the, the one that just kind of gets screwed over because of one or the other that's where the pressure of the issue kind of yeah. meets so for example if you lack uh, ankle ankle range of motion specifically dorsiflexion is the one that people typically miss right it's your ability to point your foot up right um yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, gravity points us down, so therefore, a lot of times we're limited in the other direction. If that's if that's limited, and we go to land on something, and you don't have the amount of absorption energy to like to kind of soften the blow, then it's going to shoot right up to the knee. Gotcha. Right. So okay. people come in and be like, "My knee is killing me," and then we do a full you know assessment as we should, and we go, "Ah, nope, it's, it's the suspect, from not the victim." Else. Exactly. Interesting. So those are uh, I think that was four, five, might have been five. Um, but the biggest thing I would say that kind of that the first step you should take is understanding why, right? So going in for an evaluation, you know, and not waiting until it's like, like I said, on the side of the road. So going in and doing that. And then the second thing I would, and it should be told during your evaluation is understanding that there's these fundamental movements that we do in life. There's, uh, there's a squat, a hip hinge, a forward lunge, a side lunge, right? A uh, overhead reach, a push and pull. Everything we do in life are based off those movements. So if you're really good at the simple foundational platform of knowing how to do a hip hinge, a squat, a forward lunge, a side lunge, a push and pull, an overhead reach, then your quality of life is significant, significantly better. Yeah, I mean, you see so many issues with people just because they 
get so poor at a lot of those movements when you, I mean, when you become a working professional, you kind of just forget to keep up with that, especially if you're not in the gym. Yeah. What are some kind of day-to-day things that you think people could and should be doing to at least help kind of prevent that and, and work on those motions? Man, you know, and I'm going to say something that's like that people kind of know, but kind of forget, right? Those um, are some of the most important things. We sit down a lot. Right. Yep. So that's the big one is just, is just getting up, activating your glutes. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's the it's the, one of the biggest muscles in our bodies. And a lot of time it's turned off. So if it's not working for you or not doing the job when it when it's supposed to, it's going to ask for help to the nearest place. The nearest place is our lower back. Mm-hmm. Right. So just keeping our glutes on activated core on activated, which a lot of that gets shut off when we're sitting down. This is something I remember from my days personal training that kind of blew me away is so many people get used to not even using their glutes to mm-hmm. stand up mm-hmm. in the first place. It sounds it sounds like you like it would happen automatically for yeah. like the tip like the, the limb and like you kinda think that like you just automatically use your glutes to stand up or you don't even necessarily know what that means. Could you yeah. talk a little bit about like what that means? How do you actually activate your glutes to stand up? And, yeah. How do you tell? Well, it's, it's understanding, first of all, what, what is the purpose of our glutes? Like, what, is, what does it actually do, right? Glutes, what they do is hip extension, right? So it's when your leg, or, or there's two ways to do it. So you can either bring your leg back, or you can just go from a, a bent position to being straight up, mm-hmm. right? So what ends up happening a lot of times is when we go in that position, those who are quote-unquote have turned it off, or it's not really always off, but for the sake of simplicity, off, right? They end up they end up arching their back too much, mm. right? So therefore, they're going to get that extension, but it's going to come from somewhere else, gotcha. right? So they just compensate in that way, or they just they put too much of their quads, so they put too much on the basis of like straightening their legs versus actually extending their hips, gotcha. right? And that's where some knee pain can come in, so things of that nature. So that's that's what I would say is one, and yeah, 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 that makes total sense. So that's, I mean, that kind of covers a a couple things that covers like mm. the lower back thing and the tight hips. What about the, the ankles? How do yes. you kind of prevent that? Cause I, I feel like people don't really think about that very often. That's kind of responsible for shin splints in a lot of cases. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it can be for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say ankles is more so just not forgetting to just do that motion. It's mm-hmm. very simple. Just doing that motion and, and, and just, which is just putting your, your feet towards your, you know, towards you and just keeping your mobility. Something you could even do just while you're sitting down at exactly. work. Kind of like exactly flexing back and forth. Yeah, and we see that a lot with women that they'll they'll lack it because they're when they wear heels they go into that plantar flexion, mm. right? So a lot of them they'll be like they'll have man their their feet hurt or their ankle you know that's why you know on the movies and stuff like that oh can I get a foot rub or whatever it's because a lot of times they're spent in that position and they and they they really want to go in the opposite right so that that's one is just keeping it moving but the big one too is balance. So ankles is the first, typically the first response for balance. So working on just, hey, man, can I maintain a single leg balance for 30 seconds? And then, you know, okay, can I do that with my eyes open now? Can I do it with my eyes closed? Right. And being able to maintain maintain that is great for the ankles as well. Just kind of going through those little tests and making sure that you've got at least that. And if not, kind of working on it. Mm-hmm. How about like the uh, the overhead stuff? What would you recommend for that? Overhead stuff that I would say, you know, um, so the the biggest thing that I see with overhead stuff is the first is understanding the biomechanics behind it. So the first, we have 180 degrees of motion. Typically when we raise our hand all the way up 180 degrees, the first 120 around 120 degrees comes from directly our shoulder joint. Right. But the first, like the first kind of up to about here. Yep. 120 degrees typically comes from around, around our deltoids, around our, our supraspinatus, around that. So like our shoulder, this like right here, right. Mm-hmm. 
the remaining 60 degrees comes from our post from our back shoulder muscles interesting okay right so our rotator cut or i'm sorry our scapular muscles right so doing things kind like row in like the neck and the shoulder like through here yeah that bone in the back that wing mm-hmm. it has a bunch of bones that are ho- or i'm sorry a bunch of muscles that are hooked to it that allow for a coupling effect to to uh, to do that remaining 60 degrees gotcha so working your back so doing rows in the gym that's a big one rows in every type of angle that you can think of uh is, is great a lot of times we'll, we'll do shoulders but we'll forget our posterior our posterior uh shoulder muscles so rows, rows. is big rows okay. is huge and then the pushing motion is important too, of course, just for kind of maintaining that that movement pattern. It's simple. It's funny we think about it like, oh, like what about a push-up? No, I'm literally talking about quality of life if you're 60 years old and you can't open a door, mm-hmm. right? If, you, if a door weighs 10 pounds and you have an inability to push it, that's just a pushing motion. Now you're locked in that room, right? Yeah. So it's like I know it's like for us and in, in, in our age group and things like that, but just being mindful of like make sure you can continuously be able to do, you know, 10 push-ups in a row. It's all kind of use it or lose it stuff. Like you've got to just keep up those motions to keep them. And consistency is the number one sign for success, right? Now, no matter what you do. But the other thing I would, I would, I would also put in for a key to like, are you, are you healthy is can you get up from the floor? Yeah. Just simply. Can you get up to the floor? Can you get up from the floor? Can you go down on your own? And can you get up on your own without pain? Yeah. And probably without like having a pull yourself up exactly on no on your own just like yeah. literally can you get down on your own and can you get up on your own in a nice controlled fashion and that is that in a lot of ways it uh, shows your you know quality of life so could you talk a little bit about we talked off air also about your full body diagnostic checkup and how that kind of works into your business how you came up with that it sounds like it's kind of meant to check into a lot of these things but could you talk about mm-hmm. how that came to be and how that's become like the basis of your business Truthfully, it is the staple of where I feel I can make a change in the healthcare in the healthcare system. And it goes back to what we we're talking about, how why don't we check our bodies, you know, once a year or twice a year. Right. So over the last 10 years uh, of just going through not only as a as a observer, but as a student and then a graduate student um, and now, you know, in the field for about, you know, two, two years now, uh, I came up with a 35 plus measurement screening that does a mobility screen strength screen, balance screen, and functional movement assessment screen, all done with as much objective data, so numbers that show you where you are and where you should be, right? And in less than an hour. So it's like a score for each thing? You will literally see, for like for example, when we test your strength, you'll see how much force you're putting through each individual muscle that you're doing Very cool. as you're doing it. So we, the great thing, you know, we talked about technology. I'm, I love technology. So you'll, you'll literally, we'll put up the the objective thing on the, on the computer or on the TV monitors. And as you're doing it, you can see it. So you can start to get competitive yourself, see really pushing those limits. And it's not me, Kevin, saying, hey, you did good. It's like, nope, you saw the difference between mm-hmm. one or the other. And one thing we look at is, so that is the premise of pretty much saying, okay, the first thing we look at for people uh, in terms of health is how symmetrical are you from one side of the body or the other, right? And what we look at is we want everything to be less than 10% asymmetry. Gotcha. You're going to have a dominant side. Most of the time of we do, but we want it to be less than 10% difference. Yeah, do you, I think you probably see a lot of imbalances come out of like those those asymmetries getting more and more out of control and like the, the dominant side being reinforced over and over again and the, the non-dominant side not really getting enough work. And what ends up happening is a lot of these people, they come in, right? And again, it's not waiting until you're, you're on the side of the road, right? So it's the thought process of like, I knew this was bothering me, I just didn't know why, mm-hmm. right? And you start to get those answers. 
not waiting until you're injured and now you're just like stuck and you're really injured and whatever the case may be. You like, oh, whoa, okay, yeah, my hamstring is uh, 30% different than the other. That makes sense why it gets tired and it, and it feels like it's going to cramp sometimes, right? Oh, I need to start working on that. Like I realize it's that, not my not my quads or that, that I'm not working my quads enough. No, those are great. Like it's really understanding that. So from a business perspective or I'm sorry, from a healthcare perspective and a, and a physician perspective, it is our version of going, this is what a physical should be. Right. It kind of goes against what the healthcare system wants, which I understand. But I'm like, no. And the way that, OK, well, Kevin, you said that. How do you monetize? Right. Like have you figured out how to monetize preventative care? Right. Mm-hmm. The answer to that is, 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 quote unquote, yes. Right. So it's a three hundred dollar value. But what we're doing really that's really, really cool to kind of change the framework of how people see how physical therapists work and, and how what a physical should be. We're doing it based off of uh, what we call a proud to pay system. Right. So it's playing that a little bit. It's it's a it's a fascinating thing that I have to give credit to. There's two places. There's a a place called uh, Credo actually out here, a Credo Coffee. They do it's out in downtown Orlando and they they serve you coffee. And, and in the menu, it will tell you the four to six dollars. Exactly. Yeah. I went to that place recently. Yeah. And you can you can pay you can pay one dollar or you can pay a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Right. You can pay. Most people pay around what the value is. Right. But either way, you can they're not going to get upset at you regardless, because it's a community of people that so one balances out the other. Right. So it's a proud to pay system. You're going to pay whatever you're proud at the end of the day. There's an artist out in uh, uh, I don't want to say California, so Oakland to be specific, I believe, uh, LaRusso. And he's and he sells his tickets based off a proud to pay system. Right. And this is genius to me because what it does is it goes, okay, I'm going to be loyal to the people and they're going to support me however they're going to. And you don't Mm -hmm. limit your you don't limit how many people you can help. You also don't limit how much you can make. Yeah. From a a business perspective, you're going, okay, one person's going to come in and they might pay me four hundred dollars. Right. For the for the eval. Somebody else might come in and pay me 50. Right. But the best part about it is I don't you don't pay me until the end of the visit. Hmm. Right. So it puts onus on the physician to make sure that they treat you and perform and show you the value of what they're trying to do. This was the thing that stood out to me when I talked to you the most before is how much it was important to you to really like set up your business model such that it held you accountable the entire time Mm -hmm. because you had pointed out such an issue with that and like the typical like physical therapy practice is that it's very much set up for you to get your doctorate and then just go like run people through the mm-hmm. system as quickly as and efficiently as possible without really, really focusing on the issues. But I mean, if someone really, really gets good value, that's gonna uh, ultimately lead them to wanna pay more. And so it does put you on the hook to really provide that value. 100%, and like I said, it's a proud to pay system. So even for, so even the, the, the cause I, I always listen, I try to listen so much on feedback, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the feedback with the healthcare system in itself is um, doctors are hard to get a hold of. Right. Availability is hard. It's so hard to schedule an appointment. It's hard to communicate them when we have follow up questions. I feel like they don't listen to me when I'm there. I feel like I'm just a number. So they're just literally just going through it. Right. They take their copay typically before. Right. So they're they already they already have your service. They can just mm-hmm. get in, get out. They don't explain and educate things. Right. They're kind of behind on technology. Right. Yeah. So all these things that we hear and we go, we got to solve all these problems. Mm-hmm. And that's what you get with Switch. We have us and let's say the full body diagnostic checkup. You can literally schedule that on my website. Click to whatever whatever available times. I'm not lying to you. You can see what times are available. You click it, you put your information, you sign a consent form, medical history. It's done in less than three to five minutes. 
Solid. Right. That's solid. You don't you pay me at the end of the visit and it's whatever it's worth to you. So I don't even know what you're going to pay me. I hope it's great. And I got to prove that value to you. Right. So there's no what's what's insurance going to say at the end of this or a hidden bill at the end of it. Now, this model sounds a little different than what you had initially started with and what we talked about before. You talked about a little bit off air about how your business model has changed and kind of adapted as you've mm-hmm. gotten into it a little bit more. Could you talk a little bit about the change? Just, yeah, about the change, but also just about the process of realizing that you needed a change, what led to that, and why you chose to adapt. So, I, I, so before I had what's called, what was called a problem-based solutions right business mm-hmm. which is still essentially a part of it it's like almost like a it's a hidden i'm solving problems right of, what, of what's going on with the healthcare system but what this specific thing is called with the full body diagnostic checkup it's an offer based service mm-hmm. right so or a proud to pay service like i said so you're i'm going okay i'm pretty much taking the excuses out of it right so that's one way that it's evolved and it's allowed people to go to change the framework of i don't have to go to physical therapy necessarily when i have a problem mm-hmm. right I can go to physical therapy because I'm reframing the, the the understanding of like to make sure I'm good. Yeah. Right. The goal for me is saying you come in just like a NASCAR when it's going around. We go in. Oh, you're good. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Or hey, let's change this real quick. All right, now you're good. Right. It's like redefining the physical. Exactly. And and this is where it's, it's this is where it really hit me. And and understanding goes back to business, right? And I'm transparent about this because at the end of the day, if I help people, then I'm helping people. That's the foundation of what I'm doing. So I don't mm-hmm. feel bad about this, right? It was really hard in the beginning going, walking around and trying to say, hey, come work with me when I'm literally just looking for injured people. Yeah. Right. So what percentage of the people are injured and want to go find help? That's a small percentage. And a lot of them are insecure or in pain or just don't feel like they can get better. There's a lot of there's a lot of issues with that Mm -hmm. versus the full body diagnostic checkup is now something I can talk to and market with every single person walking the face of this earth. Yeah. Right. So I just went from having a target audience to use my services of less than 5% of the population to 100. Yeah. Right. It's a much bigger market. That's a much bigger market. So now I can confidently go, no, I can help you. Mm-hmm. I can help you. At the end of the day, it's an annual physical or biannual physical. So you, I can help you. And that's where I led to go, okay, so not only can I help people and people can come into my business based off this, essentially this really in-depth professional athlete type level uh, screening. Right. And you're not and I'm not trying to sell you on or I, I don't you don't have to be committed to be like, now you're going to work with me for 12 weeks. Right. Mm-hmm. No, you can come, hey, see you in six months yeah. or, you know, to do your, your biannual checkup or next year. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I then I have my subscription base. So, yeah, you had talked about that a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. What led to the subscription choice and how did you kind of build that out to complement? Yeah. So I knew I always and I, we talked about this a little bit, having kind of maintaining a roster. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know I want to be able to still have I'm still a physical therapist. Right. So I, I help people either uh, prevent injuries and maximize performance. Right. Or get out of injury and then prevent and maximize performance. Right. So there's three there's the, all those levels to it. So the subscriptions are kind of based off of. Okay, if you're meeting them where they're at. (laughs) Exactly. So if you are just someone who's like, I'm active and I want to make sure I'm always good, right? Then you do the swish light. You come in twice a month uh, and we we do the things that needed to keep you green in your green light. And maybe if you start a teeter in a level because maybe you had a hard week of uh, practice or a hard week at work or whatever the case may be, then during those two two times a month, we're going to make sure you're still at green, right? Mm -hmm. And then the swish pro, uh, swish pro is like, 
I'm kind of dealing with something. I'm in that yellow. I want to be able to get green as soon as possible and make sure I stay there and blah, 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 right? Mm -hmm. So that's for that. And then the Swiss Pro Plus is for two people. Either you are injured going through something, like are injured and need to get out of that and then go back to performance and make your way, then there's more visits with that mm -hmm. on top of the people who are just more active right. and want more recovery sessions like an athlete going through a season, right, or a year-round season, or someone even uh, someone like me. I'm, I'm about to be in an adult league. I would love to have Swiss Pro Plus. That way I know every once a week I'm going to go and I'm going to get my recovery, mm -hmm. right? But I'm not waiting until I'm necessarily injured. Exactly. Right. So that, So I have the offer-based and the subscription-based, and those are the two things. So And that's limited to a certain amount. So that I've been blessed to where – uh, I'm only going to do a total of, um, what do I have? Yeah, 25 for the year. Okay. 25 for the year, and we signed our first nine in the month of fe uh, month of January. So we, wow. only, we only have 16 slots left for the rest of the year, but I will still do our full body diagnostic checkups, right? Because yeah. that's a checkup, mm -hmm. right? And then, but at the end of the day, we're taking- So you've got the base of subscriptions, and you want to be at a certain place for that. And then on top of that, you've got any kind of full body diagnostics that can be added with the offer. So you can kind of like, you, you can kind of add on top of that. I, I think that's a really good model. I mean, it kind of keeps you covered. It's almost like having um, a sales position where you've got like a base plus commission. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's, the, that's a great way to look at it. And then, and then the cool thing is it's actually a healthcare system that's based around how can I help you, mm -hmm. right? Not and preventative. Taking, exactly, exactly, and maximizing performance. I love it. Could you talk a little bit also about just the the content creation and the podcasts that you've been doing? Because you've been, mm -hmm. I've seen you kind of consistently doing some other podcasts and going on and like creating content to talk about this. Is that, what? what is the strategy behind that? Uh, we talked about a little bit when, when in our last one was building brand. Right. Um, I just realized um, and it was and it was through uh, understanding that there's not a lot of representation, not only of of my age, but also of my ethnicity, so on and so forth. So I've been fortunate enough where it's almost come out of. I now like have a feeling like I, I, I owe a sense of responsibility because I've had people come up to me and been like, uh, you know, hey, Kev, I just want to say thank you. I've had people be like, you're. I didn't think I didn't think this was real until I saw you, you know, because if you look at really the, the if you look at the profession, you know, and I'm I'm honored to do this. I'm really like the youngest one really doing it. Mm -hmm. And I'm and I and I only that's only gonna be for a certain amount of time before the next person. And I hope the next person says that and takes what I'm doing it, you know, and through. But I've just realized like, oh, wow, I have a responsibility now. Yeah. And so by me going on to these different podcasts, it forces me to get myself out there and to answer these questions that people might have not listen to or just been like, I can't relate to this person. And you're a bit of a unicorn in the sense that you do have that incredible knowledge around the space and the right approach, in my opinion, at least to how you're doing it, but also do take the sales and marketing initiative and see it through that lens. And you're well-spoken enough to be able to deliver the message well. So I, I think you're the perfect guy for it. I mean, just to deliver that message, there's not a lot of that out there. I see a lot of like, I see a lot of content around physical therapy just being a little boring or yeah. like just not not engaging enough to really get the message across and you really do have to have it, any kind of content has to still be entertaining and engaging to get the message across if it's educational. So I think having that whole package is what makes you kind of uniquely qualified for that. I appreciate that. And I, uh, and it's a work in progress for sure. And I completely just understand the importance of it doesn't have to be boring and not cool, 
Like, that's the thing that drives me crazy is, like, it doesn't have to be. Like, it can be cool. It can be entertaining. It can be understanding. Like, first of all, most, most if you see a lot of PTs talk in a way that they're, like, talking to other PTs. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the quickest way to get the general public that needs your knowledge to tune out of whatever you're saying. Oh, my gosh. It's like I'm, that's not who you're trying to reach, mm-hmm. right? You can go, yes, I should probably educate some more on, like, <laughs> certain things in which that maybe is going to come soon. But my biggest thing is just making people aware of what we actually do. Yeah. That's how can I how can I break down what we do and how we do to the general public? That's interesting. You kind of In content creation in general, you always have to check yourself in that sense and say, am I – do, creating this or talking about this or doing this for me and for selfish reasons or am I doing it for the viewers or the audience that I'm looking for that I, the the message that I want to ultimately get across yes and, it, and, it, and at the end of the day business is incredible where if you just know that what you're doing the substance behind what you're doing is for good mm-hmm. the fire that that puts in me to be passionate about and driven towards me marketing and having a good business so that way to make sure my family is is eating mm-hmm. right i'm good i i am so motivated to go i know that what i have and what we're doing is good yeah i'm not afraid of marketing and sales so if you work in a system that's flawed right you're going to be sh- shitty at or bad or whatever <laughs> i don't yeah. know if i curse but yeah bad you're at, good you're right, good be shitty at kind of uh, marketing and sales. Mm-hmm. So therefore, because you don't feel like you're actually doing what's best for the people. Yeah. And your message is not going to be compelling. Exactly. You don't believe in it. That's a great point that you made that it's not often approached like a business because there's a stigma around it. But really, it, I mean, the best and most successful businesses are the ones like that you said are based around something good that is like a compelling, positive message, helpful message to the world. Those are always people are always going to be able to see through faulty, bad messages or exactly. harmful things, and those businesses will never rise to the top. Like there should be a symbiotic relationship between helping people and having good business, mm-hmm. right? But people think having good business is, is not is like you're kind of screwing people over, and it's like no, let's reframe that perspective, right? Mm-hmm. We know that we know. Um, uh, like when you watch an NBA game or when you go to these games, like they're making a heck of a lot of money, but you're having a great time. You're yeah. having a great experience, just so on and so forth. So it's just knowing like business and helping people shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be perpendicular. They should be parallel in how they how they go about it. So we've talked a little bit about some of the adjustments and adaptations that you've mm-hmm. made in your business model so far. Got a question for you. What yeah. is what is just the most prevailing thought that you have day to day right now as it pertains to your career? As it pertains to my career, oof, my answer to that would be, am I too soon? And Explain what I, what you and mean, what I mean by that is I, I have the idea of, you know, I want to be able to open up the door for the next person, right? But the, the example I'll give is Netflix wasn't the first streaming service, right? But the so before it was somebody else. I don't know the name of them. <laughs> the perfect example. I don't know the name of them. But the internet bandwidth wasn't fast enough to be able to stream, mm. right? So when Netflix came along, it was at the perfect timing when the internet bandwidth was fast enough to stream. So therefore, they blew up because the environment and system was ready for them. So you're thinking about is the world ready for this message that I'm trying to give in the format I'm trying to give it? Yes. Is it am I, am, is is the internet or the the, the environment ready for it? Like, so no matter what I do, yeah, you know, or how much I do, it, 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 am I too soon? Or am I not enough for how big the healthcare system is? And there's so many examples of that in business. I mean, mm-hmm. that's 
that's a very good point. You see it all the time. You see these like big players kind of spring up overnight, and sometimes they do really well at first, but then they just get completely taken down because of some little thing that they didn't anticipate that mm-hmm. the next guy comes along and just yeah climbs up on top. And I'm okay either way, right? I'm okay if I'm the if I'm if I'm the 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 reason why somebody was able to do it coming up forward or if, or if I'm the one that's opening the door. I'm cool with either. I'm not scared of failure. I think failure is necessary. Um, so I'm, I'm not really scared of it, but that's definitely a thought I have. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Out of the – so we've kind of talked about everything you do. You've got the offer-based and the subscription-based. Mm-hmm. You're doing some content. You're, you're doing all kinds of stuff, mm-hmm. like wearing a lot of hats in your business, mm-hmm. as any business owner does, especially in the early stages, <laughs> yeah. right? Like yeah. a lot of hats, especially right now. Yeah. Um, what is, if out of like the daily and weekly tasks that you have, if there was just one thing, if you could zone in on one thing and do nothing but that, the thing that you enjoyed doing the most, what would that one thing be in your week? It would be treating my patients. Like at the end of the day, I am fascinated by being able to put evidence, client experience, and, doc- and physician experience into making somebody feel and move as best as possible. I love that. Yeah, like that's, I can, like that's where I feel comfortable. What's something that you would like to just give back to your industry? We've kind of talked about like some of the issues in it. If um, if there is one thing that you could just be known for having, and actually, I'm going to combine two questions mm-hmm. here. Um, say that there was a Forbes article written about you and the way that you've built and scaled your business in five years and it was based around what you'd given back to your industry, what would you want to be written about you in that article? I would love for the article to say that I didn't sacrifice my personal and professional health in order to meet some sort of height. So like, I want, if I were to leave a mark, I would say I want PTs to know that they have the right to be financially successful, right? While also living a nice quality of life. You have the right, you just have to know how. Yeah. And that's what I would say is like, I I somehow figured out how to have financial success and professional success. I love it. As part of that financial and professional success you've been having, I know that having your own space has been really important. Mm We talked about that because you had just gotten it a few months yeah. before when we talked before. So now we're a little bit further along the line. How has having that space that you built out helped your practice? And how has that how has that worked like in the process of having your own practice and, and bringing that along? It's it's absolutely incredible to make an environment where not only do I feel comfortable literally every day I look forward to going into work because I created the, the atmosphere um, creatively so I feel comfortable creatively I feel comfortable business-wise but more importantly when my clients come in it's like when the first time they come in and they go it's a nice place that makes me really happy right so it makes sure that they feel comfortable therefore they're going to feel more open more at ease when when it comes time to do things like um, doing things that's uncomfortable for them. You know, I always say PT is almost like controlled failure, right? So, um, you know, if the more comfortable they are, the more the environment they feel safe in, the more trust they're going to have, the better the results they're going to get. I love that. Another thing I remember being really important to you that we'd shared in common when we talked before has kind of 
remained true is just this fascination with like continuing to improve and learn in business and technology. What are the things lately that you've been educating yourself around or learning about in business and or technology that you're really fixated on and, and really getting into? I'm recently, just because like literally probably like two days ago, I've finally just decided to be like, you know what? I got to look at this whole AI thing. Yeah, we were talking about that a little bit off air. I'm like, okay, how can I, I, I always find it fascinating how like healthcare is always behind in marketing, visually aesthetics, entertainment, um, sales. Um, and, uh, and so therefore it's like, and then now I guess it's artificial intelligence, but it's like, okay, how can you make sure that you're, you're evolved in these things or aware of these things so that way you can stay ahead of the curve uh and and so even so yeah that's what i would say is like how can i i'm gonna look into ai and see how it can actually benefit a healthcare system yeah or healthcare practice what are some things that come to mind like that you've maybe thought of so far like what are the what are the problem areas that lack technology advancement and automation in the healthcare industry right now could maybe do a little live brainstorming here. Wow, that is awesome. Um, I would say, like, I don't know if there's some. I don't know if there's some sort of like cap. Like, I understand we have to create. Like, we have to make sure we have content available, right? Like, video production stuff available. But mm-hmm. like, I wonder if it can create content just so much more efficiently. So one thing that comes to mind is scripting. You can tell it to create a script around this particular thing. If you mm. if you want to make a content video, like a five minute content video on your full body diagnostic checkup, you can yeah. say, write me a script on the movement pat on like write me a five minutes five to ten minute script on on doing the daily movement patterns that it takes to avoid this, 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 and this issue. Wow. And like it's the thing that I love about, like, we were talking about ChatGPT, yeah. and it's this is the one that I use. It's the only one I've really tried out, but there are others as well yeah. that do more, like, specific or niche things. But I think of it as almost a better Google search engine. Mm-hmm. And it's basically, like, a- as good of an input as you can give it and a, and as sophisticated of an input as you can give it, yeah. you're going to get an equally sophisticated and quality output wow. out of it. So if you ask it, like, a... I mean, if you ask it a really bad question, like, it, you know, like if, <laughs> yeah. if you just say, hey, give me my next piece of content. It's, yes. Yeah, it's not going to be able to do anything. Go screw yourself. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> but if you'd say, um, but if you say, like, give me a script for this particular mm-hmm. thing, then all of a sudden you're talking about a different thing. So I think, like, just learning about how it takes it, it its inputs and how you can give it good inputs and then taking – then creatively kind of taking like what you want to create around that mm. and, and working that in, that's how you can really be successful with interesting. that. Interesting. So yeah. I would say the first thing that comes to mind is just doing those scripts. That would be cool. That would be interesting. Yeah, I got to look into it. Yeah. yeah. Like doing some like, because you do your videos where you're like walking people through things and stuff. Yeah. But one thing I've noticed recently is mm. I'm starting to create these little like extra videos that I'll do around um, my channel a little bit, just mm. little ideas I have and stuff. If I script something out, it's way better, like really? way, way better. And I never would have guessed it. I always thought like, I mean, with the podcast, it's not really scripted. It's just kind of organic. Yeah. And I think that is better for that format. Yeah. But for like a, a specific thing where you're trying to educate or inform, I think yeah. scripting works really well. It's going to take a lot of 
making like taking away your pride and ego exactly yeah you feel like you've you feel like you've got it all figured out and you like and i mean in a sense you do like if you're just talking to someone about it like day to day like you are giving the message the right way but sometimes it's hard to translate that into like really bite-sized easy to deliver pieces of information that really hit hard just time it takes time to create content it takes time and effort to be like is this actually like an appropriate thing to say so on and so forth so i think some sway to even if it's like if chat or whatever i always say you always get it wrong but if ai can like manage to give you like an extra hour of time that is huge right exactly. like, so that's kind of how i would love to figure that out i love it what kind of other things do you see going forward that you're excited about with your business personally mm-hmm. or that you're working on right now what are like the big areas that you're looking to address and improve on the biggest areas that i'm looking to improve on i would say is constantly asking for feedback on my subscribers so you know our swish our swish uh, athletes is what I, what I call them so any one of the subscribers constantly ask them how can I make your experience with me working for an entire year better right so that answer would have to be something that they give me you know per se but um so because this is the first time I was doing it right so this first year people are taking a huge trust which I'm so grateful for to go okay well I know you guys are just signing up for this but just like anything like how can i make sure to continue to make to you know to to get you guys uh involved and make sure that you are like over value you know like we over deliver i should say we over deliver on what you guys get so that would be me it's my first year doing this so i would say that's what i would love to to to, to figure out to be honest with you i love it Mm -hmm. looking forward i know this might be a tough question for you because you like the process of learning and improving so much that (laughs) this might be a point that you never reach and that's probably a good thing mm-hmm. but what are some of the things that would tell you if you were looking like five ten years from mm-hmm. now what are some of the things that would tell you that you made it like you're you've reached the destination that you want to be at and you you're doing it right i would love to give a ted talk Ooh, i like that that's like a big dream i've always had I would love to get a ted talk and then more importantly it was just figuring out or just out where i feel okay I have a topic, I have something that is like, I'm gonna, I'm passionate enough to be like, okay, I have my topic. Right. I have a kind of an inkling of what your topic would be. <laughs> it's, I mean, it sounds like you kind of semi have it figured out already. Which is beautiful because it, I wasn't, I literally tell you this, I got to this point in, I got to this point probably early November where I finally got all the tests together and an understanding of what I want to use, what force plates I want to use, what dynamometer do I want to use, what's what literal, like system do I want to get to where I'm or and and how business wise we can get there mm-hmm. right and the beautiful thing about it is so yeah TED talk of of and then it kind of transitions to the next thing where um I can then coach or slash consult to go because remember I'm not even trying to work with everybody mm-hmm. right and I've always said that it's not for me it's not qua- it's not quantity it's quality right I'm only one person I'm not trying to get as many people as possible Right. So the goal is to go, all right, there's a there's somebody in, you know, I'm in East Orlando. So there's somebody in West Orlando that's going to open something up and they're going to do, you know, uh, their form of 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 a checkup. Right. So now instead of a swish PT franchise, maybe, maybe or even even if they want to do their own thing. But at least we know that PT is moving in the right direction. Yeah. Where now there's a someone can go into business saying, 
I'm not waiting till someone gets injured. Yeah. And and that in itself is it becomes successful because of swish. Right? Someone can actually go, "Wait, this is actually a legitimate thing that we can do." Even if, even if it's across the country. Anything else that you would want to kind of mm. give to the audience or make sure is known or understood about the physical therapy space and, and the healthcare space? Um, just just really big emphasis on don't, you know, don't wait until you're injured. That's the biggest thing I can say is what's the driving force for me and what's always been the kind of the North Star is if I would have had myself at, at 14 years old, I would have probably avoided all the injuries I had. Yeah. So every decision I make is... You know, am I providing that the, the same level of resources I would have wanted at 16, at 14, at 21, 22, 24, 26, whatever, 29 now, and so on and so forth. So just knowing that there is actual resource out there that is fighting for you to be seen, be taken care of, not waiting for you uh, to get injured. And also knowing that uh, we're not also capitalistic in a sense where we're just trying to make as much money as possible. For example, we have a proud to pay system. And on top of that, a portion of our proceeds are going to be going to the Orlando Magic Wheelchair Foundation. Right. And every year we're going to be picking a different um, um, a different nonprofit organization to give back to. That's awesome. Right. And it only made sense that we're Swiss physical therapy and I'm, I'm a basketball fanatic. And and so therefore, the first one we chose for our first year of doing this is the Orlando Magic Wheelchair Foundation. That's awesome. Yeah. So when you come in, not only are you helping yourself, you're helping a family owned, minority owned business, but you're also helping people who, who are just trying to live an active lifestyle with a, a disability that they have. That's so awesome. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This has been great. Yeah, man. we got right into it. <laughs> Second time. Oh, yeah. Is, I'm so excited. I love coming here. Like, literally, I could just be like a fly in the wall every single time you have an episode. Well, I am looking forward to just continuing yeah. to watch you grow and thrive in this business. I think you're giving an incredible message, and I am excited to see it, to see that reach that you have expand so that more people can hear it. Likewise, man, if, if you know anyone else to do a full body diagnostic checkup, including yourself, go ahead and sign up. Uh, I appreciate it. Just so you can kind of know what it's like and what, what we kind of put people through and yeah, if you want, go ahead and plug any details on how yes. people can find you anywhere. Yes, yes. GetSwishPT.com is, is where you go to the full website where you can schedule there. Or if you want the direct link, it's GetSwishPT.com slash schedule. Cool. It's very easy. It takes less than less than three to five minutes. Um, you pick the slots that's there. Um, and then you can follow me at uh, Dr. Coach Kev on Instagram, YouTube, um, or Swish.PhysicalTherapy uh, on, on Love yeah, it. Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say for you is, and I said this a little bit off air, but I want to say it on air because you deserve it, because um, we don't give people enough flowers, is you, des- you the what you do and the continuous growth from an outside perspective and in with it being my second episode, you have every reason and purpose to blow up and do everything you want moving forward. Man. I love what you do. Seriously. You too, man. Thanks. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you again. Thank you.